Hi to all our listeners. This is Coach Chelsea, the host of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, a place where athletes, coaches, and athletic professionals come together to talk about faith, sports, and servant leadership. We hope that this podcast blesses you. If there's anything we could do for you, please find us at the Chelsea F on Twitter, at Chief Friend John, C H E F R A N J O H N on Instagram and streaming live at Chelsea F. Muir on Facebook. We pray that you continue to be blessed and continue to serve as God would ask us to. Started. Yeah, um, I just want to thank you so much, Coach Story, for being here today. Um, I'm Coach Chelsea, like I said, down here in Tallahassee, Florida, where I coach and I teach, but um, in the spiritual pause, I like to call it, in the midst of the pandemic, um, a group of coaches and leaders, we've got together, which started to be a week-long Bible study um, that we did mm-hmm. together in a Bible app. And then it expanded to now six and a half months still doing this thing. So I'm super excited to have you on today, especially now. I believe you are the first baseball coach that we've had um, nice. and because I've been trying to angle out and get different sports. And so in God's appointed time, we got what we needed to be. So I'm just so excited to just kind of hear from you, um, even just these few minutes of talking before we logged on today, just, you know, the spirit that exudes you. I'm so with that. And I just thank you so much just for what you do, uh, for being a servant leader from my eyes and looking in um, to even ask you to come on today. And, you know, I just thank you for your time, because as I tell people all the time, time is the richest thing and the most valuable thing, because you can't get it back once you give it. Um, Absolutely. So I thank you so much just for being here. I'm going to go ahead and just pass the torch for, uh, for you to just talk to us about you and you know, we get to know more about you and what servant leadership looks like in your angle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. Thank thank you for having me and thank you for everybody in here. Uh, even the stragglers about to come in late. <laughs> so uh, just a little bit about me. Um, as Coach Chelsea said, I, I coach baseball here at Anderson University. Um, I've been coaching collegially. This is going into my ninth year, um, but I've kind of been a coach all my life. I have one younger brother uh, is four years below me or four years younger than me. So even when we were going through Little League and, you know, I was always, obviously with me being older, uh, I was always called to be a coach for him and his team and uh, wherever he was throughout his uh, his journey and career. Um, so as we were spoke, speaking about earlier, uh, I was born in New York. Uh, my parents are Jamaican, so I was born in New York. We moved to Georgia. Um, went to four high schools. So when I was 14, um, from there, went to high school, went to college, kind of did a little tour of colleges. Uh, you know, sometimes we don't get the first college right the first time. So, um, but I ended up playing uh, my collegiate ball at Augusta State University uh, in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, from there, I went from I went to Chicago uh, in Joliet. I played a little bit of independent ball. And that's kind of where real life kind of slaps you around because, you know, sometimes you have no, or not sometimes, you never have any control over when the good Lord says it's time to hang them up. And um, one day the owner came in and was like, hey, can't pay you guys. Uh, don't know how to do this. So stayed out there for a week. Uh, Chicago is not uh, inexpensive. It's very expensive. So once that little coinage ran out, came back home and, um, Actually, one of my former, he was my pitching coach or our pitching coach for the team I played for in college, my college team. 
and he um, got me started right in my coaching career. He knew that that was kind of the path I wanted to be on. We'd been more than friends outside of baseball, well, outside of the coach-player relationship, um, always around baseball together and, you know, picking each other's brains and stuff. So he got me started. He was coaching a team out in Minnesota. Um, so I was, I spent two seasons, it was summer ball, so I wasn't there during the winter. Um, but I was out in Minnesota for two years. Uh, from then I went to, got my first collegiate job, um, full-time or collegiate job at Presbyterian College uh, as a volunteer assistant. Um, and being a volunteer and being a servant leader go hand in hand, <laughs> 100%. So uh, from from Presbyterian, I was there for two years. I went to Eastern Kentucky uh, in the same role, uh, just moved up kind of in conferences or the um, how, how popular the conferences were, money. Um, stuff like that at Eastern Kentucky. Uh, then from Eastern Kentucky, I got my first uh, recruiting coordinator job at Alcorn State in Mississippi. So if you're drawing a line, I'm south, then I'm going up north, and I'm shooting back southwest. Um, and from there, uh, I moved to Erskine College uh, in South Carolina. And then from there, I'm here now at Anderson for year two. And that is the, the journey of where I am so far. So. Yeah, Coach, you know, it's so funny. And I put down, when you said that, I put in the chat, I said, servant leaders, we leave our mark everywhere. Mm -hmm. You truly exhibited that. I want to take a few minutes because uh, we actually talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but volunteer coaching. And Ooh. especially when you get into the place where you know, younger up and coming coaches and maybe not, maybe just somebody that sometimes that's the path that may have you to take. What would you say to those coaches that are really trying to get their foot in the door, understanding that sometimes it's the volunteer positions that catapult you to the next? What would you say to them to be able to kind of settle their minds about those types of positions? Being a volunteer, it's not, it's the lowest man on the totem pole, but it is the most rewarding because you're required to do so much for so little, but the players, for the most part, the players always see that you're the guy that's always around. Um, typically with the roles you require, especially in baseball, you know, first guy in, last guy out. Well, that was already with my mindset, but now, you know, I'm not just early to the clubhouse to, you know, watch TV. I'm early to the clubhouse to get the field ready for the guys, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, if you're in the volunteer role and you're continuing to push forward um, and once you set your mind to that being what you want to do, um, just understand there's going to be some bumps and bruises. But if you do it the right way and network the right way and, and have people in your corner, you know, it, it, it will definitely be beneficial. You know, I kind of, in baseball, you know, typically the volunteer assistant lasts for one, maybe two years. I was a volunteer assistant for three years and I struggled for three years, but I, you know, I, I persevered, got through it and uh, I am where I am now. So I do appreciate all those years <laughs> of the grind. Oh, absolutely. And I think the biggest thing too, you know, I tell people all the time, if you don't want to build the track with me, don't get ready to ride a train with me. You know, you sometimes take those humbling experiences mm -hmm. in order to prepare you for those positions. Oftentimes, 
you know, as coaches and leaders and servant leaders, we'll pray and we'll ask God for things. But then we have to understand, are we preparing? You know, just as mm-hmm. it says in a word, God is going to prepare a place for us. Well, he's doing that, yeah. but are we preparing for when that place is ready? And not just a heavenly place from here to there on earth. And so I'm so glad that you, you know, have touched on that. That's something that we all have to humble ourselves, you know, to be. You know, especially if we climb the ladder and sometimes yeah. we know in athletics, we may get to a place where it's like, yep, I've arrived. And then the next thing, you know, it's like, well, I'm out of a job yeah. and now somebody offered me a volunteer spot. Are we going to humble ourselves enough to be able to, exactly. to take the, you Absolutely. know, so I appreciate you so much for that. Coach, you know, of course, talking about servant leadership and all the many places that you've been, one of the biggest things that I like to ask coaches and leaders, is how do you consult God? Or how would you talk to us about consulting God for our decisions? One of the biggest things you said when you, you know, first started to speak, you said you never know when the good Lord, you know, is going to tell you the plan for your life and when he's going to tell you that plan days mm-hmm. of move. How do you consult God and how do you hear from him before you make a decision to make your next job or accept your next job? You know, um, it's, I don't say funny, but, you know, obviously with moving around a lot, there's been a lot of consulting and a lot of conversations with God about that stuff. And it's more um, kind of every door that I've been able to go through and open um, truly just came from him. And it was just, well, sometimes it may not work out, but God found a way, like always. Um, and, and through prayer. And, you know, one thing my, my father always told me, and if he never told me anything else, I'll never forget this, but he always says, be humble, uh, be humble in everything. And to me, servant leadership and humility go, go hand in hand. And so when, when you're addressing or making those decisions, whether it be decisions to move to the next job or decisions where am I going to yell at this kid today for what he's not going to do or how do I handle this situation? You know, it's always about, for me, just taking that step back and kind of see um, what what I did to put that kid in that situation. Um, you know, did I set him up for success or did I set him up to, to, to fail? And then so the humility part, portion of it, which, you know, I feel comes from family values. And then, of course, just having a strong relationship with the Lord, because there are things throughout the Bible that you just can't do and should not do. Um, but through your experiences and how you want to be treated um, and how you treat other people, um, that makes me reanalyze or rethink about how, how, what did I do to set this kid up to succeed or did I not do my job first? So it's more of an inward uh, evaluation before, you know, you, you come down on somebody who may or may not know. Um, and that's the same thing with, you know, moving around and getting jobs or, you know, people ask me like, when are you going to stay somewhere? And I'm like, you know, all my buddies that I, I've had great relationships with keep getting jobs and they keep wanting to hire me. I'm like, that's, that's not me doing anything. I, I'm the still same person. Um, but you know, there, it's a better position or it's a better situation. Like Anderson, uh, I mean, leaps and bounds, better uh, situation and not comparing it to any other school, just being in this Christ-centered environment with uh, administration that supports you and you know, having a good staff is always a positive thing. And um, even staff that you don't work with, I'm in the hall with soccer coaches, lacrosse coaches, um, uh, who else is down here? Cross-country coaches, and just all of us being able to come in and bounce things off each other, whether it be 
team strategy or it be the word, uh, whatever it is, all of that goes into uh, a good, good decision. I totally agree. As several leaders, we have to be able to, you know, fellowship, you know, God ordained fellowship. And that doesn't mean that you're going to be able to do every single person. That doesn't mean that you're going to be besties with every single person, but to be in that, you know, come have that camaraderie down your hall that you're talking about. Yeah. I think that is so huge to be able to bounce that off of, you know, other coaches, no matter the sport. And I think that's why I'm so blessed to have this platform of servant leaders mm -hmm. that, Many of us are at work, you know, cameras off, but still trying to hear what we hear because it's a place where people get it, you know. Absolutely. And so I'm so thankful that you highlighted that. You know, Coach, take a little bit of time and talk to us about Anderson University. For those that, you know, maybe not have heard of it, I'm, I'm familiar with Anderson. But mm -hmm. talk to us about Anderson University, your program. What are some of the things you look for um, in terms of those that y'all recruit for your athletes? Just talk to us a little bit about that. Um, so Anderson, we're uh... – Smaller, uh, I say smaller, we, we've got 3,300 uh, students in general or overall, uh, 30 or excuse me, 27 of them are undergrad on campus and then of course the uh, graduate program. Um, but, you know, we're just a school right up 85, you know, 20 minutes from Clemson. Uh, one of the first uh, Baptist schools in the South or in the, in the state of South Carolina. So we have a strong uh, religious affiliation. Um, we, we have, we don't like to say mission fit, but we, you know, just Christ-centered in what we do, um, because I, I think the, the we don't want to use mission fit as saying somebody's not able to come here. You know, I think uh, with us being Christians, we all need to be open to everybody, um, everybody's word, but um, as far as me being here, uh, this is my, like I said, my second year. Um, our head coach, uh, which is going into his third year here, but his second year as a head coach. So when he got the job, um, he, he brought me over. And then uh, we've got two other guys on staff. One of them was his childhood friend. Actually, three other guys on staff. Childhood friend from Pittsburgh, or played at Pittsburgh, uh, and two coaches from South Carolina as well. So um, I always say when people – ask me and I'm recruiting um what what about you know they ask me about our staff I say this is like the best working staff together that you could be around because we could we could argue like today we were having a recruiting decision or discussion and we were just going at each other about kids and you know why this guy what this fit is and is, is this going to be the right fit for a kid um because of what any any outside factor uh that goes into it but at the end of the day, we all go to lunch together or at the end of, you know, end of the conversation, we're all going to lunch or, you know, we cut up and we all, we have a life outside of uh, the baseball world. So uh, that's so important because you, you should be able to work, not just work with somebody, but have some sort of friendship. Um, and, you know, I love his kids. My head coach has two kids, uh, six and three, and, you know, they call me Uncle T. Um, I don't have any kids yet, so that, that's, what, that's what I got right now. <laughs> uh, so, but aside from that, Anderson is a great place to be at. Just the servanthood around um, the university. Um, some Whoever is in college, I don't know if you are in college, or even if you're in high school, you always, you can attest to this, that who you work for and who you work with is so important um, for the environment 
the, for you to be able to do your job. And I feel like we have one of the best environments here um, from an administration standpoint and, and a mission standpoint for what we're trying to achieve uh, with the kids that step on campus. I think that's amazing, Coach. Um, and exactly what you just said, you know, who you work for and who you work with, those are important. Um, and I'm gonna go ahead and add who will work with you. I'm gonna exactly. add that extension. <laughs> Because I think that, you know, all of those play a role to the success of a program. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. And just as a side note, I am Auntie Chelsea, okay? Mm -hmm. so it. it is one of the best jobs. I don't yep. have my own. So it is one of the best jobs and titles that you can have amidst yep. all of them. So I get it, Uncle T. I, I like it. <laughs> so in the midst of this pandemic, it's one of those things I was telling, you know, different people. Typically, if it's a storm, it's a hurricane. You know, I'm down here in Florida. It's isolated to us. If it's, you know, a snowstorm or a blizzard, it's isolated up north. If it's the wildfires in California, it's isolated over there in California. But this pandemic has no isolation. It is global. It is global. And knowing that it is touching every program and all that good stuff, what has the pandemic, how has that veered you off your path, how, you know, your program, and what are some of the things you all have been doing to try to stay connected with young, um, young men in your program during this pandemic? Well, that pandemic, I mean, it hit us right in the middle of our season. I mean, we were 22 games into a 50 plus game schedule. So um, with it have been, with it being our year one, um, obviously year one is so important just for the culture um, of what you're trying to change. So that kind of stopped everything kind of abruptly. Uh, we were forced to do, as, as everybody else around the country, I'm assuming, but forced to do a lot of Zoom meetings and, um, Staying on the kids that way, as, you know, as they get acclimated to the uh, the virtual learning, um, and then like you want to push them to work out and stuff. But once the season gets canceled, it's like, well, you got five months till you got to be on campus. So don't 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 put on too much weight. But you know, let's <laughs> let's make sure we don't come back round. Um, Those pandemic pounds, huh? <laughs> exactly. The pandemic pounds is serious. So. You know, it, it opened up the door for us to, uh, and luckily, and I say luckily, but we had a lot of encouragement from RAD and our administration to stay engaged um, as as much as we could with our kids. Um, obviously, we can't provide the workouts and stuff like that, but encouragement and kind of, you know, we, we put out, I think our uh, department put out a lot of um, athletic videos, kind of like guys or kids doing at-home workouts and stuff like that so it was a way to keep them engaged um, for us you know it was a lot of time or it was a good time for us as a staff to self-eval you know what did we do because we play we play in the spring but we have a fall season as well um, kind of just practice season where we scrimmage and inner squad um, and we kind of eval what did we do right in the fall that led to our success and what did we do wrong or not enough of that let us not be able to get as far as we could have gone. So um, it was a lot there. Um, for me, it was a lot of, I'm getting married in January. So I had to do a lot of fiance things um, do with that and getting a lot of wedding planning. So that was my COVID stuff, um, my pandemic uh, distraction, so to speak. Um, but aside from that, we're able to really work on ourselves, you know, 
took up reading a bunch of books and I wish I brought them here so I remember all the title names, but I don't, which I can send that to you at some point. But um, it was just, the pandemic was a kind of unforeseen opportunity for us to grow internally and then as a program and kind of put towards what we wanted to do uh, going into this year. I think that's amazing. You know, one of the biggest things that I hear you speak about um, in each question that I ask you and each conversation started that we have, it's always bettering yourself. It's always growing. It's always from a self, you know, evaluation. And I love that because so often in roles of leadership, sometimes it's hard to look in the mirror. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes it's rare that servant leaders look in the mirror and as servant leaders, have to better ourselves so that we can better others. I was actually um, on a call with another coach, um, you know, just the other day. And that was one of the things we were talking about, just why is it so hard to grasp what true servanthood and servant leadership means, you know? And so when I hear you as a coach, when I hear you as a leader talking about that I'm reading, that I'm trying to better myself, that I'm taking a look at myself to see what I need to do to better myself for those that I reach. I mean, that's just humbling to hear, you know, and mm -hmm. also, Hats, Thank you, you. say hats, you know, and, and I got to ask, this wasn't on the forefront of my mind, but, you know, being a coach and then also married, the things I want to ask just really quick and sliding on you, uh, not to put you on, on blast, but, you know, how does that, your role, I don't want to say change, but what, you know, angles you have to kind of take now or maybe any changes that you're a coach, I know the, the rigidness of that schedule, and now I have to carve out some time for... Yeah being ahead of my household what does that look like and what are that you're kind of getting in, in ready for well if anybody has the book on how to do that please uh slide that my way um but i i'm finding out i always thought for myself i always knew that i was a good communicator with kids like i could there's no beating around the bush it's not telling kids what they it's telling what they need to hear and being able to have those tough conversations and those good conversations, the uplifting ones and the hard ones where maybe a kid has lost someone in the family or they're just going through tough times. They're kids, right? I found out about myself. I'm not that great a communicator with my fiance sometimes. Sometimes I say stuff and I kind of, she always tells me, you told me half of that. Like, how am I supposed to figure out the back half? So um, that is one of the major things that I'm trying to balance um, because, you know, being a recruiting coordinator, being out on the road, um, obviously the demands with the games, uh, stuff like that is going to leave me with my team a lot more time or a lot of, a lot giving a lot more time to my team um, than it will be to her sometimes. So just the communication um, and, and being able to balance that and at least having an open dialogue to, to tell her not just, <laughs> what's wrong just and why as well and I think you know the more I be able to do that the better I can be um, obviously that will translate to the team as well but that's the rigidness of trying to navigate through being a, a, a head of household married and then try to lead a team as well I think that's so awesome you know we talk about coaches and have many coaches husbands dads on um, and one of the biggest things um, that they talk about is being that godly man um, to those that they lead. And a lot of times, sometimes leaders don't realize that extends outside of the baseball diamond or mm -hmm. the basketball or the football field. And so hearing you say that, that's what I always kind of want to ask. Mm -hmm. Because when I 
husbands and dads on here, that's one of the things they say, you know, hey, you know, my family comes around my program. I want them yeah. to see, hey, you know, I'm also trying to build you to be a better man. And, yeah. it, and how are you going to learn that if you don't see me be a husband, if you don't see me be a dad? So I appreciate that for you. And I Thank also you. appreciate, um, you know, your better half for sticking it out. Because, you know, this coaching road is, is something. So, you know, kudos to her definitely for that. You know, coach, there's so many things that we talk about. And of course, there's no secret this world that we're in right now. And every single day there's things on, there's challenges. Working with young men and much of what I just said to you about not only teaching them to be better baseball players, but teaching them to be better men. Um, when you recruit and even with the current players that you have on the docket there, what is the foundation and what is the, what shall I say, what is the, the goal, the target goal? And my program, we're servanthood, sisterhood, and community service. What are the things that those, those true balanced foundations of Anderson baseball that try to produce better men? Definitely service, um, whether that be through community service, um, servanthood, you know, we, I think we're all called to lead some way, some, every, every kid is, is called to do something that's not glorifying to them, um, for somebody else. So my challenge, and even when I look for recruits is when I, when I speak with them, I really want to get to know them. What, what is their, what makes them tick and then what, what's their end goal. And it's not, and I don't want to hear, I don't, obviously I want to hear that, you know, I want to go on and be a major league baseball player. That's, that's great. That means your work ethic is there. What are you going to do to help society? Because every time, every parent I speak with and every mom will always ask me this, what's your end goal with my son? And I, I, I feel like the majority of them expect me to say, you know, I want to turn him into the all conference player get them drafted and then my overall response and my number one response is that i want to turn your son into a better man so when he's released into the world he can be an integral part of society whatever he does he's got to be better in society and that's my overall goal with with coaching and and getting getting players and it's not even just getting players it's who do we affect on campus are you going to the um the cafeteria and treating people the right way you know when i played i used to get there early enough to where i was able to speak with the people the vendors people who are selling popcorn just have some sort of relationship and to let them know who you are uh, so to be with to to the, the type of kids you want to recruit want to reflect that and nobody is off the grid from it i mean everybody has their deficiencies everybody has their strengths and weaknesses um but when you know you go out and you try to invest into a kid and you're thinking about investing into a kid i want to make sure that it's the kid who has the openness in his heart to be able to want to do something positive in society I think that's amazing, Coach. You know, um, I'm going to ask this question, and then, of course, I'll open it up. They know I can just let them rip, so I'll give them a <laughs> then come back. But the question that I always want to ask to you, um, well, actually, first of all, let me put this out there. Coach Paul wanted me to let you know some marriage advice for you is that your fiancé is always right, and that continues after the ceremony. So he okay. wanted you to know that. <laughs> all right. I appreciate that. Thank you, Coach Paul. <laughs> I'll write that. I'll write um, that one down for sure. Yeah, go ahead and write that one down, and keep reading that one 
over, okay? <laughs> Study on that one hard. <laughs> I love it. But coach, you know, of course, the, the, the whole basis of this platform is talking about what servant leadership looks like. And of course, naturally, you have, you know, spoken on that with other questions that I said, but based off of Tristan Tory. What does servant leadership look like through your eyes? If someone were to ask you, what is servant leadership? How do you define that? I want to be a better man. I want to be a better servant leader. What does that look like to you? It's treating people, treating every situation, whether it be people, whether it be you working at the field. I've got stories where I would just work at the field doing something that I, my team's not there, the other coaches are not there but it's something that will better the program or do something that will better be better for your kids and not wanting any recognition for it. Like, yes, I always, one thing I always harp on my players is say thank you to the people who take care of you. But I never say it in a position where I'm the person who's getting thanked. You know, so if it's somebody else throwing batting practice, and I typically throw batting practice, but if somebody else throwing batting practice and nobody says thank you, I always say, hey, take care of the Rams taking care of you. And that's just on the servant side of the, and the, and the thankfulness side of it. And, you know, for baseball, just being in a volunteer, volunteer spot for three years, there's a lot of thankless jobs. Um, and there's a lot of opportunity to just pat somebody on the butt and say, Hey, I appreciate you. Thank you. Just, uh, and, and that wants I want that to bleed over to on campus being able to talk to your professors if that's something and and being able to talk to the people in the cafeteria the right right way and it's not just saying thank you it could be a conversation just something to open the door um to let somebody know you're not intimidating you're not you don't think you're better than they are servant leadership is doing something excuse me doing something that you can do for somebody else and being able to do that without wanting the praise and the glory for it um, and being a coach that's a servant leader 1000 percent you know um when i was a player i didn't know how the food got to us now i'm a coach i know how the food gets to us and it's always us it's always uh you know the volunteer going to get the food 10 minutes before the bus is about to leave and if you're late but you know it's stuff like that so i get it and a lot of players um they won't get it until they're kind of in the other shoe or in the other position. And, and I understand that, but try to try to coach them on being uh, just overall better humans um, just for humanity. And, and for me, just being, especially, you know, obviously I'm, I'm in the baseball field. So um, stuff that is the nitty gritty stuff around the field that you could always make your players do. If you show them that you're willing to get your hands dirty and be the person who, who uh, who's doing it, then times when you ask them to do it, they kind of have not so much an excuse, but they know it's important. I think you're so right, coach, and, you know, coaching my young ladies, and I tell people, it's much like what you said, when you're on the player side of it, you know, the food gets there, the balls are always out, you know, the yep. field's always managed, you yep. know, how does it get done? I don't know, it's just done, and then when you turn into the coaching side of things, and it's funny, there are a few people on this call who, right, Coach G, the floor is always swept already before I was in the gym. You know, wow. You know, the basketball guys did that before I arrived. That's exactly. what they think. And then you turn into this mature adult and you become the coach and that servant leader. And it's like, no, my friend, in order for this to get done, I'm going to have to do it. You know, I have uh, several 
staff members actually on this call um, that have been with me through the trenches. I mean, you know, coming back on road trips, not getting back to the to our homeschool to one o'clock in the morning, then have to be back up at six forty five the next day. You know? And so I think it's the best thing that you said. When you said being able to treat everybody, no matter the status, with the utmost respect and thanking people who take care of you. You know, sometimes the things that sound the simplest is the hardest thing to do. And Absolutely. You put the nail on the head when you said simply thank people who take care of you. I say, oh, well, that doesn't sound hard, but how many times do we miss the mark on that? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Generation, they believe these things should already be done. No one owes you anything. That's the biggest thing that I try to teach my young ladies every day. No one owes you anything. Nope. You have to be thankful for everything. So I'm so thankful that you highlighted that. I think that is a nail on the head. Um, I'm going to back up for a second and allow anybody that may have a comment or a question for you before um, you know, I give my last questions and close out for today. So I'm going to go ahead and be quiet, y'all, so y'all have that opportunity. Um, you know, the thing that jumped out at me was um, you know, th that idea of, of simple things like saying thank you um, to people. And then, you know, I wrote down, um, walk humbly with our God. You know, I think that's, um, and just, just your message and just the way you present yourself, it, it's evident you're a very humble person and that that's kind of your daily, your daily walk is, is to, is to be humble. And I think, you know, for us as, as Christians, um, you know, com compared to our God, we, we don't have any to be, I mean, there's a lot to be humble about. And so, uh, but as coaches, that's a challenge um, because we're competitive people. It's like, oh, I don't want that. You know, we, we always, we compare ourselves to, you know, we look at the scoreboard, wins and losses, and that's how we measure everything. We tend to measure everything. So let go of, you know, let go, let God. I'm, I'm trying to do more of that. That's And, and you know, that's, um, I, I mentioned that to somebody today. I was having a conflict with somebody, you know, just something came up and I mentioned that to him. It's like, one of these days I'll, I'll figure out how to, how to really live it from, from the start of the day to the finish of the day, just let it go. But, you know, I, I tell people I'm pretty good till I get to work. And then you know, you know, if, if it's me and God, we're good. I could be humble, but then it's, you know, as, as we all are with people, but that's, that's the value of, of things like this where we reach out and, and we realize that no matter where, where, where we are as Christians, we have a lot of, we have so much more in common than we do um, uncommon. So by, I just appreciate your message and, and thanks for sharing today. Thank you, Coach Paul. Appreciate it. You know, Coach Paul, I'm just going to say this real quick. I think you're so right. You know, each morning I try my best to listen to some form of podcast or my playlist. This morning, you know, I always try to throw it on a loop. I just say, I kind of shuffle and let God do his thing. And it was Joyce Myers this morning. And she talked about, you know, I forget the title in itself, but it was truly the little things that we miss, uh, you know, that can help us through our day. And the biggest part, Coach Paul, was much of what you just said. You know, she was like, y'all don't want to talk to me until God is finished with me. She's like, that's why I do my devotional in the morning. <laughs> because you don't want to talk to me until God has dealt with me and I've had my coffee and my caffeine has dealt with me. And I just, that so true but you know in, in all seriousness what you just said about as christians we are we have more in common than we than we have that that are different and i think that is so huge you know it goes back to those simple statements that we say Paul always talk to us about loving your neighbor love your neighbor 
And it seems so simplistic, right? But it's the troubling thing right now all over the world, loving your neighbor. And I think if we can go back to that, I think if we could go back to those just those teachings of God, exactly thanking people for what they do for you. Mm-hmm. Loving your neighbor. That is a part of being a servant leader. Sounds simple, but it's, an, it's imperative that we do so. So thank you both for that. Absolutely. Hello. Hey, yes, sir. Hey, Coach. Hey, How are we doing? I'm good. Coach. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, Coach. Uh, I just had a quick question for you. Has mm-hmm. there ever been a time, you know, I know we, you know, I know you probably coach, you know, a dozen amount of kids, but has there ever been a time where, or a time where you can think back where you could have done more to help a kid or, um, is there a time where you felt like you should have stepped in or not probably done as much, or do you regret doing something that you probably could have done a little bit different? And what do you think you could have done differently? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I've been in this too long to not, <laughs> to not have it. I've, I've messed up a lot. Uh, I will say that. Um, when I think back, I think back to kids, obviously early on in my career, Coaching wise, I've not always been able to have those tough conversations. Um, and Matt is telling a kid what he doesn't exactly want to hear, but needs to hear. Uh, and that's that's one of the toughest characteristics, however you want to categorize it. That's one of the toughest things to do as a, as a, as a coach in general, head coach or not. Uh, and I've never been a head coach. I've always been the assistant. So it comes with the blessing of the head coach um to to have those conversations but most recently we lost a kid I said lost a kid but he was on the team last year and he didn't make it back this year um by academic stuff we'll say we'll say that um but the when when I got hired in August or July school started soon after and he came in the office and before your classes got started he he was thinking about quitting um, and it's like, wow, you moved in here three days ago and all they've been doing is like, um, icebreaker stuff, meeting the new class and stuff like that. And he came, <clears throat> excuse me, he came from a small town in South Carolina and he, his lifestyle was just something that I couldn't relate to. Nothing bad. It was just different. You know, his family owned a chicken farm and I don't know much about chicken farming and, so when I realized I didn't have that relationship and really our relationship was only baseball, um, coach, coach player and granted coach player relationship, I'm a player's coach. So I'm going to still ask about family. I'm going to still ask about, you know, how's, how are things off, off the field? You know, I had a, a girlfriend at one point, just making sure those still line up, but I wanted to do, or I feel like I didn't do enough to know him, uh, as the person, not just the player and the student. I needed to know more about him as a person. So when the time came that he finally made the decision not to come back, um, I had more of a leg to stand on to where I could be. Like, look how much you've grown in the year that we've been together and then the year of school. And maybe I could kind of, and I don't want to use the term save him, but kind of keep him around. Obviously, you're going to run into kids who just, you know, they they run out of, I don't know if patience is the right word, but they just kind of 
and they, they kind of feel like they're in the wrong place after a year for whatever reason. Um, but I just don't think I was able to make the right connections with him to help him not feel that. I appreciate the answer. I think it was a great question, a great answer, because so often um, as servant leaders and coaches, we do, we, you know, we go into a self-reflection mode and we're like, God, I could have did that one differently. You know, it's been years, I want to say maybe five years, maybe four or five years, a, a player of mine, we found some news out, um, wasn't bad or anything, that was a good thing, but it was like, how did we miss that? How did yeah. we not know that? was with us you know what I mean yep. and so you say you know I messed up on that one and I have to do more with that but I love how you highlighted you know caring about the player and the person um because we just care about that player we miss those things that's how we get better so great yep. question and great answer I will say this one time and this this is kind of funny uh when I was an undergrad <laughs> had this one little teacher and at one point I was on like the teaching track. And then at another point I was on like strength and conditioning track. Um, and she was, this is why I was on the teaching track and her name was Dr. Schultz. I'll never forget her. She was from like Pennsylvania. So she had the Pennsylvania accent. She was like four foot three, but she was my favorite teacher. And she drove a green bug. I know all this, I don't know why. But the one thing that she said that I will always take with me and I, I use it probably daily is what did I do? What did you do to promote that behavior? Now, when we were talking about it in context, we we're talking about dodgeball and why we shouldn't use kids as targets during dodgeball class. So I kind of rerouted my thinking as far as um, relating it to coaching and stuff like that. But I always think back to like, what did I do to promote that behavior with the kid, whether it was right or wrong, and kind of critique myself through that and then critique the kid through through all of that so that's something I always take with me uh, and, and use that uh, in, in daily just daily everything I think it's awesome and the reason you remember that is because she left an impact on you you yep. know I have several, several stories like that that I could come out with and typically those best teachers and mentors are always those short ones it's just something <laughs> I see and they got the most wisdom um, but but it is the truth, and I love that. You know, never would I thought it stemmed from dodgeball, but you definitely can apply um, in so many aspects to your life. Um, mm -hmm. I have a few more questions for you, and believe it or not, I feel like we've only been talking for two minutes, but, you know, we'll be ready to close this thing. You know, I see on um, your Instagram mm -hmm. you had a breakfast. Talk to me about that, Coach, and, and there's a reason for this. <laughs> I'm trying to see if you have some cooking skills. You know, as coaches, I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, I got a couple of new ventures I'm going to be coming out with. Uh, you know, I'm not going to tell it all yet, but, you know, I see a lot of coaches, especially within this pandemic, we've been cooking and have more time to do so. But y'all, he had this Jamaican breakfast. And if you follow him, I'm going to tell him to give you his handles um, at the end of this thing. But he had a Jamaican breakfast. Coach, talk to me what was on the spread. What was on the spread on that plate? So I've actually, uh, I've been cooking since I was earlier than high school. Uh, so maybe middle school and obviously wasn't putting things, a bunch of things together in middle school, but you know, mom, my parents used to come home way later than my brother and I from school. So, you know, just getting stuff started and kind of ventured, um, 
when I have traveled to so many different places, I always try to, one of my favorite shows is Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives. So I try to find a place that he's been to um, and, 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 and eat there. Uh, but for me, I just love the creativity of cooking and being able to, I guess there goes that serving thing, but I like when we have a group of people and I'm able to serve them. Um, so I enjoy that and I enjoy trying new things. One of the things I did buy on quarantine hit, I bought a smoker, saw it on Amazon for a hundred dollars. I couldn't pass it up. So we, we've just been eating everything off the grill uh, for like the past five months. Um, but for the spread, the Jamaican spread. So I recently, again, over the quarantine started to try fried dumplings. Um, you know, everybody kind of has, their way of making it. It's, it's all the basic stuff, but then you put your own little twist on it as a Jamaican breakfast delicacy, I guess you could call it. Um, I've had, I usually throw some spinach, some onions, some peppers, some fish, uh, and some bacon in there and kind of let it all come together. Fiance loves that. She, <laughs> she says, hey man, when you're cooking breakfast, it's usually Sunday morning uh, that we cook breakfast uh, or that I'll cook breakfast for her um, dinner, you know, we, we take turns on dinner, but it's, uh, when Sunday morning breakfast, I usually get this right here. <laughs> hey, when's this going to be ready? So, um, like I said, just kind of shout out to my, my heritage a little bit. Um, you know, I've been, I used to spend summers in Jamaica. Um, I've seen, and I hope nobody's squeamish, but I've seen my grandmother go and pick out a goat and slaughter the goat, get the meat out, cook it. I mean, from start to finish. And it was, it was unbelievable. Um, so uh, she had that kind of strength in her um, to, to serve us all pretty much. So, but yeah, I like to get after it uh, on the, on the cooking stuff. I, I usually post my stuff on, on the Twitter because uh, uh, like a lot of the coaches, um, we, like I said, we've all been doing the same thing over quarantine, which is, you know, cooking and trying new things. So we kind of compare and, tell each other our little secrets and stuff like that so uh, I'm no different I like to get out there and I like to sit outside with my dog and we'll just uh he likes to be outside and I like to grill outside so it works out perfectly coach I think that's amazing you hit the nail on the head you know I've always loved to cook but the biggest thing is that you know serving other people and it's funny servant leadership but you when you are a servant leader it just exudes through everything you do even the things we don't think about and it is. It's like, hey, you know, on Sundays, I'm throwing down. Hey, if you need a plate, come get it. Yep. That's just how it's raised. And, and it just, if, if it's in you, it's going to come out of you. And then shouts out to the diners, drive-ins, and dives. That is so <laughs> um, It stays on there, yep. plain and simple. And if I go to, of course, we've been on pause from traveling, but if I go to that city or that state, I'm mm -hmm. looking for those uh, places to go in. So absolutely. Uh, Coach, last thing here before we let you go, you know, I see on uh, your videos and things that you place on there, you have a scripture, James 4 and 7, which basically says, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. We all have our favorite scriptures and things like that. Why that one? What kind of pushes you when you hear that? What does that reset you to when you hear that? So the the version, obviously there's different versions and wording, um, but the the one that when I found that one, it was humble yourself before God. Um, and that kind of, when I found that verse, uh, we all go through tough times. I'm, I'm the same way. Um, and as I was going through this time, I, I actually was reading this book and I wish I would found the name of it, but I don't know if you guys know who Josh Hamilton is. Um, he was a professional baseball player 
he was like he was uh number one overall draft pick um by the Tampa Bay Devil Rays at that time and he had a drug problem now I'm not I didn't I did not have a drug problem just want to clarify that but he had a drug problem whether it was cocaine heroin um marijuana everything everything in the book and it dropped him out of baseball uh everybody everybody because he was such a high draft pick and such an invested in player um they tried to do everything for him uh tried to get him you know the bodyguard tried to get him rehab all that stuff um so throughout the book it took him through this journey and he actually hit the you know obviously the lowest of the low points and that was one of the scriptures and that that gave him you know kind of gave him life uh so to speak and it just stuck with me um like i said earlier my father always talked about humility um and then when you put it in that magnitude and understand like what god wants from us in humility and what it will do for you um it just stuck with me uh, i got I got it tattooed on me that was my first tattoo I, honestly um and that was just something that i think if you live your life not trying to be so prideful um if you live your life trying to serve others and be for others um it will leave the opportunity for your growth and it's always about putting somebody else before you in my opinion i i don't think especially as coaches you know you don't want to be the first one in the line to eat all the time sometimes you know you work up an appetite screaming and yelling i'm not going to lie to you about that you know but you're not your your guys your players your your friends somebody's going to come before you your family they're going to come before you um and that just when i see hear that verse or when i read it um so i see it every morning um that's just what resonates with me uh and being able to be a good christian a good person good coach every good everything overall coach i think that's so good you know my mom used to always tell me and my grandparents you know pride um comes before fall and mm -hmm. i love how you know you you're humble from the first time you know you and i message to you know having this conversation with you today it's not a front you can see it it's just within you and you know that's why i just kind of wanted to ask that um, for you to share with others because it's evident um, why you chose that and you know one of the things as servant leaders when we're humble um, God continues to bless us with more because he sees that we know how to take care of what he's already given us yeah. um, and so I'm just so thankful for you sharing that I'm so thankful coach for you just giving and spending of your time and your hour with us because I know you know with the helter skelter uh, helter skelter schedule that we all have this, this pandemic right now um, like I told you, time is something that you cannot get back. I don't care what you do. So I thank you so much for just spending that time with us and parting, you know, your words of wisdom and, you know, just being open and just know that we wish you the best from the servant leader. If there's anything that we can ever do for you, reach out. I'm going to still be following you. And whenever seasons do resume, don't be surprised if you see me popping up in some stands. You know, okay. I have people up there in that area so don't be surprised if you see me popping up in the stands you know don't act like you don't know me the hair color, color still be me <laughs> i hear you i hear you and I, I thank everybody on this call and and coach i thank you for reaching out and i'm thankful that we got to touch base and 
Um, it, it was awesome. Gladly was able, gladly able to spend this hour with you. I moved my practice around, um, and I'll explain to the guys they'll be fine. Um, but this is something that was very important um, to me, and you know, obviously for what you're doing. And I think uh, I think it's doing great things. Hey, Coach, thank you so much, and especially moving around. Tell the guys I appreciate them, too, uh, and that I will be watching when they actually raise back up and start to play, and I, they have a new fan in me. So, Coach, thank you so much again. Um, as always, thank you all for being on the call, and if you bow your heads real quick, we'll say a quick prayer so we can get out. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you so much for Coach Tory, Lord God. We thank you for this servant leader who has taken the time out, Lord God, just impart his wisdom and his words, Lord God, to be able to make us better, Lord God. In a world of uncertainty, Lord God, we know that you are certain, Lord God. We know that you are able, and we know that you don't change. And so we're asking you right now, Lord God, to just be with us. You know what everyone needs, Lord God, even if I don't. So I'm asking that you just let your will be done. Heal those, Lord God, not only of this pandemic, Lord God, but those that are battling illnesses everywhere, Lord God. We thank you in advance because by your stripes, they're already healed, Lord God. Thank you for every coach that's on this call. Thank you for every coach that's back at work that's still on this call. And Lord, we just ask that this platform reaches those however it needs to reach them, Lord God. And we'll be so mindful just to continue to do your work and glorify you in all that we do. In your son Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much again for being here. We uh, appreciate you. We're always here. Coach Tori, I'm going to be following you, man, and I appreciate you just, just for being the servant leader that you are. Thank you. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you.